And a very good evening to you. Welcome to Catholic View on this Wednesday, the 25th of January. It's great to be here with you. I'm Sheila Pirsch. Coming up in today's broadcast, being a Wednesday, I'd like us to focus on health care. And to do that, we'll be speaking to Elvira Robeck, the spokesperson of Katka. But before that, as usual, we'd start with some of the stories that made headlines in Africa and in the Catholic Church. So do stay tuned. Listening to Radio Radio Veritas. And in your headlines this Wednesday evening, Hope in General Audience reflects on Judith and Hope. DRC Bishops won peace process faltering. And Tanzanian government to register illegal immigrants. Good evening once again. I'm Sheila Pirish. We begin with Pope Francis. Continuing his weekly series of catechetical addresses on Christian hope, Pope Francis devoted his January 25th general audience to Judith, a woman's courage and the people's hope. Linda Bodoni reports. Resuming his ongoing catechesis on Christian hope, Pope Francis recalled the courageous figure of Judith and of how during the siege of the city of Betulia by the Assyrian general Holophanes, she urged the despairing population to reinforce its wavering hope in the Lord and ended up proposing a plan that led to victory over the enemy. The example of this woman of great wisdom and courage, the Pope said, teaches us to trust in the Lord's providential care, but also in prayer and obedience, to discern his will and to do everything in our power to respond to the challenges that come our way. How often have we, he said, felt our trust in God waver? How many times has each of us, perhaps in desperation, been tempted to lose faith and expect the worst? Judith's faith, Pope Francis continued, inspires us to commend ourselves to the Father with trust and obedience. And remarking on her courage, the Pope mentioned that, in his opinion, women are often more courageous than men. Le donne sono più coraggiose degli uomini. So inviting the faithful to never impose conditions on God, but to trust in him and accept the fact that we are given salvation and his help in ways that are different from what we expect, the Pope urged us to commend ourselves to the Father with the same obedience that led Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, Not my will, but yours be done. Bishops leading negotiations between political leaders in the Democratic Republic of the Congo DRC are warning that unless a crucial political agreement is signed by 28 January, all efforts to achieve peace will have been in vain. The Catholic Church became a mediator between political parties after President Joseph Kabila failed to step down at the end of his constitutional mandate on the 19th of December after 16 years in power. 
A deal was signed on the 31st December that aims to pave the way for the first ever successful transition of power in the nation. However, Archbishop Fridolin Amabongo Bensugu, Vice President of the Catholic Church's National Episcopal Conference of Congo and one of the mediators who directed negotiations between the political majority and the opposition, told Fides News Agency this week that the bad faith of the politicians is putting strain on the patience of the pastors. Meanwhile, several people throughout the country have been killed in violent clashes while stakeholders are reportedly still struggling to agree on issues related to the appointment of the prime minister and the formation of a government. The Catholic bishops of Ivory Coast have warned that a deleterious climate is blocking the path to reconciliation in the African country, which was shaken by violent upheavals for a decade from 2001 to 2011. The bishops reported that clashes continue and the trials of leaders charged with responsibility for past bloodshed are feeding new resentment instead of calming people down. They suggested release of all the people who have been imprisoned because of the country's unrest with assurances of fair trials for those accused of crimes. The Nicholas Bear Institute School, supported by the non-profit organization Friends for Central Africa, was the most awarded in Bangui, Central Africa, on the occasion of the Golden Jubilee of the Insagement Catholique Associé de Centre-Afrique, otherwise known as ECAC, the body that brings together Catholic schools operating in Central Africa. The association Friends for Central Africa was founded in 2001 and to date has built 15 schools, two dispensaries, two health centers, one rehabilitation center for the handicapped and one dental care. According to local reports, school children of Catholic institutes of the nine dioceses of the region held a march to coincide with the National Congress of Catholic Education in Central Africa on the theme, A School of All the Talents. The government of Tanzania says it's going to identify and register all illegal immigrants living in the village along the shores of Lake Tanganyika in Rukwa region. According to a local newspaper, the move comes after some reports alleging a number of such people have been residing in the areas for more than 46 years now. It says Home Affairs Deputy Minister Hamad Yusuf Masauni has announced a plan after hearing a report on the presence of the said illegal immigrants who have lived in the communities like native citizens. He says the National Identification Authority will carry out the identification and registration exercise with cooperation from other state organs in the region. At least 13 people were killed earlier today in Somalia's capital, Mogadishu, when Al-Shabaab militants rammed a car bombed into the gate of a popular Daya hotel located near Somalia's parliament in central Mogadishu. Al-Shabaab, which until 2011 controlled Mogadishu and much of Somalia, often launches bomb and gun attacks in the capital, saying it wants to topple the Western-backed government and impose its strict interpretation of Islam. Islam on the nation. On to some international news, American President Donald Trump has ordered the removal of obstacles to the construction of two major oil and gas pipelines, which the Obama administration had reluctantly blocked after protests from environmentalists and Native Americans. 
White House spokesman Sean Spicer reminded reporters on Tuesday that the Dakota Access Pipeline is 93% complete and that Trump intends to sit down with all the parties involved with the pipeline, including Native Americans, and negotiate the best deal that benefits everyone, Spicer said. And according to VOA News, Trump is expected to sign the first of his immigration-related orders during a visit to the Department of Homeland security this Wednesday. Simon Marks reports from Washington. For the third day running, the Oval Office will be the focus for a slew of presidential signatures as Donald Trump makes good, or at least starts to, on one of the principal promises of his election campaign. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. The documents he'll sign do not close the borders completely to Muslims, but officials say they will begin the process. Refugees and some U.S. visa holders from seven nations will no longer be allowed to enter the United States. The countries involved, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria and Yemen, all have large Islamic populations. It's not clear how soon President Trump may seek to expand the ban, and there are indications that within his own government, some of his top officials are dubious about its legality. Even before the president puts pen to paper at the White House, a wide variety of non-governmental organizations announced news conferences here to decry the move. But Donald Trump knows it's what his voters want, and every day this week he's determined to take steps to portray himself as a man of action wasting no time as he implements his agenda. And finally, back home, the African National Congress Women's League this week will launch a task team and young women's desk in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. The league says its leadership has been inundated with requests from South African women in the diaspora to create a platform from which to mobilize, organize, unite and promote national consciousness as well as patriotism amongst women and young women in particular. Spokesperson of the league, Tokozili Asa, says young women felt they didn't have a place in the women's league. And those were your headlines this Wednesday evening. Thank you once again for joining me this Wednesday evening. You're listening to Catholic View on Radio Veritas, a program produced and presented by Shayla Pirsch. Coming up next, we take a look at Catholic Healthcare. Welcome back to our feature. This evening we speak to Elvira Robeck, the spokesperson of Kafka, as she's about to unveil to us what are the plans for 2017 and what you can expect from Kafka in your parish. Well, Elvira, welcome once again to 2017. It's great to have you back online, to have Kafka back online. So how are things so far? Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be back. Uh, we've definitely um, hit the road running with this uh, new year. We've got a lot planned um, for 2017, and we are very excited about all the upcoming events that we've got planned as well. 
Fantastic. Now, Elvira, I remember last year there were so many things that were going on with uh, Kathka. I remember there were the mobile clinics that were started. Mm -hmm. the, the, the list is endless. There's, there was yep. just so much going on. But now what's happening this year? Is there anything new or are you continuing where you left off last year? Yeah, so there's both new things and continuing. So this year we really plan to focus on supporting Dyson Health and Welfare Work. Um, we've got our um, Malaysian office that is really, really assisting with partial care. And um, we also want to focus on supporting and training child caregivers and organizations caring for orphans and vulnerable children. So those are the two main focuses of what we want to do um, this year, obviously including, um, you know, providing our home-based care, our orphan care, hospice, care for the elderly, and our parish health care. And we will support, we're looking at supporting office, uh, parishes, office offering wellness days and health education um, within, within South Africa, as well as testing opportunities to the ongoing um, Catholic lay professionals within the parishes. We really, really hoping to work closely with parishes, get the parishes involved within the health communities of their, of their parishes, because, you know, like a lot of, um, People don't have access to, to testing. They don't have access to medications. And we really want to try and bring the parishes to have things like wellness days, health days, where they can say, listen, on this day, come in. Everybody's there. Um, you can have all your, your ailments tested. So that's what we're looking at to focus on this year. No, absolutely fantastic, I must say. I remember um, talking about this last year, and it was starting in the Archdiocese of Pretoria. So how yes. far has this project spread uh, since it started in Pretoria last year? So Malesi has been working really, really closely with the, the Archdiocese, and they've got some sort of concrete plans in place to get these days sorted. We don't have the exact dates yet, but they're like, busy working on it. So within the next couple of months, hopefully we'll have um, the first uh, wellness day at one of the parishes. No, beautiful stuff. Now, what about the elderly in our communities? Does Kafka have any program for the elderly? Uh, yes, we do. It's the, you know, the same problem that, you know, they're not able to get to these wellness days. They're not able to get to clinics. They're not able to, you know, to look after themselves. And that's why... Um, it is on the list, you know, with the orphan care, the care for the elderly um, as well. So, you know, while we're training people to look after orphans and um, vulnerable children, at the same time, they'll be, you know, trained to look after the elderly because they're very similar. You know, a, a sort of a baby that can't look after themselves is quite similar to an adult that can't look after themselves. They need the same sort of care. They need the bathing, the dressing, you know, changing any... Um, disposable underwear that they might be wearing. So it's really getting the care workers trained up to work with the elderly. And we've got a lot of planning to do because it is also quite a, you know, sensitive situation with the elderly. A lot of them are very proud. They don't want people assisting. So it's, you know, getting not only the um, sort of the medical care side of it, but also the compassionate care side of it to work with the elderly. So it's a big challenge that we have, but definitely one that we are excited to, to face with. 
All right. And then what about the big, the bigger topics? Are we talking about things such as tuberculosis, HIV and AIDS? What mm. about those? Has there been any change with regards to how we approach the treatment, how we approach people to inform and talk to people, especially the young ones? Is there a program that looks at that, especially concerning young people, young adults? So that's exactly the sort of thing that we're going to be tackling at these wellness days. So not only will there be, you know, tests, not only can you go get your HIV and your sugar and all those sort of tests done, but at the same time there will be counsellors there that will be able to counsel the, you know, the, as you say, the young adults. So they'll have someone to speak to. So before the test, they'll have someone to speak to. After the test, they'll have someone to speak to. So we're trying to get counsellors involved. Um, one of the things they're also looking at is to have um, retired nurses coming in to assist with that. So, you know, nurses within the communities that have worked with um, people with illnesses within the communities coming to assist on these wellness days because they've, you know, they sort of know how to counsel the people before and after the test. So we are looking at during the wellness days to really have and have pamphlets, have all the information there, have a number of crisis centers they can call in case there's a problem or in case they need to speak to someone. So we really want to give them, the young adults that, you know, can sort of look after themselves as much information as they can so that they can, um, you know, get the help that they need, whether it's from a a social worker or a counsellor or a psychologist or a nurse or whoever it is that they need assistance from. And then lastly, Elvira, what about the religious, you know, your nuns, your priests and your archbishops, the clergy in general? We often um, hear every now and then, for example, our parish priests will say, you know, at this coming Sunday we're having a special collection for priests who are sick because most priests don't have medical aid and so forth. Mm -hmm. And also you find that priests suffer from things like cancer. They suffer from diabetes. And and uh, I'm looking at, for example, last year when Radio Veritas had a fun day for priests, there were uh, tests being done. And, you know, people were able to find out if they're healthy and how can they live a healthy life and so forth. But now what about the clergy, the religious is there a program under Kafka that looks at giving them some sort of advice as to how to lead a healthy lifestyle? I know with uh, clergy especially, it's very difficult. They're forever yes. busy. Now, is there such a program in mind? It actually is a topic that has been brought to us um, at one of our, our meetings is the clergy. Because, you know, as you say, the clergy can't look after the parish if, if, you know, if he is ill. The nuns can't do their job if they are ill. It is something we want to have a look at um, to see how we can assist them more, how we can educate them more and be there more for them. Um, I do know, I was actually at a, a meeting last year, a um, PTC meeting at Archdiocese of Victoria with um, Archbishop Ruti, and he was um, mentioning that it's now going to be um, mandatory for all parishes to have medical aid and to have a retirement fund for their priests. And I sort of sat there thinking, hang on, have they not had this before? And I think you're very right. We do neglect our priests. We expect them there for us whenever we need them. 
and we forget too that, you know, we need to look after them. So it is definitely something that we want to have a look at um, this year is the health of our priests and how we can assist the priests. And like you say, they're so busy. They don't eat properly. They probably don't take their medication because they're so busy looking after other people. So we do, do definitely want to assist our religious so that they're as healthy as they can be to do the great work that they're doing. Well, Elvira, as usual, it's great to talk to you, and it's good to know that something is happening with regards to health care for the clergy, for the religious uh, here in uh, Southern Africa. But now, before I let you go, any last words, um, any hint as to what we'll be talking about next week? So just about, we've got our conference coming up in the beginning of March, so we'll chat about that next week. Um, I'll have some of the topics and some of the speakers, hopefully, that will be attending that. Um, this year we're doing provincial conferences um, in Housing, in Eastern Cape, in KZN. So um, while all our members are invited to attend, we do invite other organizations as well. Um, and it's a sort of over the weekend, and there's quite a lot of different um, speakers on different topics. Um, which is very, very interesting. So next week, um, yeah, we'll be discussing more about the conference so that anybody who does want to attend, um, they can start making plans. And, yeah, I'll have some, some more details about that. So we're very excited about these conferences. As I say, our members come and they really go away with a lot of um, helpful information. Fantastic, Elvira. Once again, thank you so much for your co- uh, collaboration or talking to us here <laughs> at Radio Veritas, informing us about Katka and what Katka is all about, what they're doing to help the people, the, the church as a whole. So thank you so much for your time, hey? Thank you so much for having us every week. We really appreciate it. And my thanks goes there once again to Elvira Robeck, the spokesperson of Katka. And that brings me up to time. This has been your Wednesday's edition of Catholic View. Should you wish to get in touch with me, feel free to email me, Shayla at radioveritas.co.za. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you and ciao, ciao.